Well, good morning. Great time worshiping Lord. Good time in the presence of God. So now, let's uh, see what God has to say this morning. We get into the Word of God. I want to begin with uh, just a word of prayer. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to be in Your presence, and Your uh, even Your Word says that we can come freely, and not only freely but boldly into the throne room of God, into your throne room. So now, here we are, we ask you that you will speak to us through your word as we open the Bible. Um, we ask you that you will lead us by your Holy Spirit because it is the only thing, your truth is the only thing that will set us free and change us and transform us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Bless your people, Father. Amen. All right, let's uh, uh, go to uh, we go straight to the scripture. We're going to read from Romans chapter twelve. I'm going to read from uh, verse one, Romans twelve, verse one. This is a very popular scripture, and uh, yeah, let's read it. Romans twelve, verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encourage, then encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Awesome. All right. This Pretty much Romans uh, chapter 12, we're continuing, continuing from uh, my last week's sermon about as believers, we have these guaranteed victories uh, given by God in this life. Okay, The reason of this guaranteed victory is because it is a predetermined victory. And the way we discussed it last week, the reason it is predetermined because you know, God foreknew, He predestined, and then He called us. And those who He called, He also justified. And those who He justified, He also glorified. That's from Romans 8, uh, verse 28, all the way to 37. And uh, and it says, you know, in that, where Paul describes us as we are more than conquerors in this life through Him who loved us. Why? Because... No one can separate us from the love of God. So uh, 
in that discussion, Paul began with the statement, all things work together for good for those who love God, not just for anybody. Everything or all things work together for good. There are two criterias, for those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. So, uh, in a way, in that presentation, Paul gives us an invitation after this, the, describing this, the greatness of God's love towards us, for us to engage ourselves, even to marry ourselves, <laughs> to the love of God and to His purpose. Yeah. To respond to that, to that call. So now the big question is, what is that purpose of God? That massive, big purpose. What is the will of God? How do we know the will of God? So the question we want to answer is, how do we know the will of God? And what is the will of God for our lives? Let's go back to the, to the passage that we just read in Romans chapter 12. I want to see, see this passage first from the context of Paul's discussion. After chapter 12, talking about this whole purpose of God and, uh, and the love of God, the predetermined purposes of God. Then Paul takes a detour in his discussion. He sort of veers a little bit towards discussing, uh, uh, presenting Israel. He's pretty much what he was saying is this. He said, okay, you know, this idea of the call of God and his predetermined purpose, I want to bring Israel into this thing. And he said, I wish those guys could see what you guys are seeing now. They missed out because of their disobedience and their unbelief. And even in his painful sort of expression, he said, I wish I could fall from Christ and be cursed for their sake because I see what God is doing with you guys here. But Israel missed out because of their uh, disobedience. And uh, however Paul said in, in, in that statement, he said, all is not lost because he's, he, he, then he made this statement because God's gift and all, you know, God's gift and, and call is not, you know, is irrevocable. And he believes that there will be a remnant of the children of Israel that will come to, to, uh, to God, come back to, to that call again. Because he said, the reason is that I, I wish they could see this because that call and that call for the purposes of God originated with Israel. And they missed out. But he said, so there's, there's still hope for them. And then he described how, how, how is that going to work? And he said, okay, in, in verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 30 to 33, he said, just see, you guys at one time, you live without God, so you live in disobedience to God, but God has shown mercy to you. All right, He has shown mercy to you. And now because of the mercy of God, you are what you are now. And then God said, uh, Paul said, Israel, they missed out on God's purpose because they're disobedient. So both you guys, whether you or Israel, you were in disobedience at some point. But God has shown mercy. So what Paul is saying is this, by that same mercy, God's going to bring them back again. There will be a remnant of Israel who would come to God and experience what you guys are experiencing now by the mercies of God. Then when you read 
verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Listen to this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Can you see that? After talking about the mercy of God that brings us to him, he said, in view of this mercy, he said, I ask you to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now that makes sense, that statement. He said, after explaining to us all this amazing mercy of God, he said, now in view of that mercy, I ask you first to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now that very sentence is actually a language of the Old Testament Israel's ritual in the Old Testament. From the Exodus, Leviticus, all the way to Deuteronomy, it's, it's the law, pretty much. Where when they offer, bring, you know, they kill, they would kill animals to, to offer, to be presented to God, just like in the language he says here, to be presented to God. It is a holy sacrifice. And and all in the book of, uh, in, in the four books, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, is described as a pleasing aroma to God. So it's something that is pleasing to God. There's one, di- one thing that is different in this statement is that the first statement is that present yourself as a living sacrifice. Whereas in the Old Testament, the, animal were, the animals were killed and then they were presented. But Paul, what Paul is saying is, yeah, not present yourself as alive to God. So in the Old Testament, it was a dead sacrifice. In the New Testament, it was a living sacrifice. What's the difference? A living sacrifice can make a choice. Whereas the animals, they were dead. I offer an animals, the animals had no choice. Whereas when I present myself alive to God, I have a choice. It's my choice. It's almost like a presentation of an, or an offering of laying down of my will before God. It's going to be his will, not my will. Okay? Number one. Number two. So, in view of the mercies of God, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Number two is that in view of the, the, the mercies of God, he said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world or this age, other translation would say. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that is really interesting. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. There are two words here, okay? Transform, uh, conform, and, and transform. When I say the conform, do not be conformed to this world. It's like there's a battle going on in this life where the world wants to squeeze us into its mold. All of us believers. Therefore, there are many Christians, positionally, they are children of God, but they live with the mindset of the world. It's like they're saved and all those things, but they're thinking they're, the, what's going on in their head is very worldly. And Paul said, no, don't do that. But we can't do that out, out, out of our own strength. I don't, I'm not going to be like the world. No, Paul said, how do you do that? By being transformed. So my, my, my conclusion is this. The antidote to being conformed to the world is our transformation. It's the way we, t- we think. Yeah? Our transformation. And the only cha- way of thinking or renewal our thinking is through the word of God. 
do it according to the truth of the word of God. Thinking in that way. Now I want you, I want you to notice this. First, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. It's, a, it's an offering of even our choices, our, our will. Number two, be transformed by feeding ourselves with the word of God. Then he said, and then, he said, only then you will be able to test, approve, discern what the will of God is. Wow. That which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Let's pause on that. Many people, like, I just want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. I'm going to, whatever, do all I can. Because I want to, but I want to do the will of God. But actually, according to Paul here, before you do that, first present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And then, Renew your mind, be transformed, renew your mind. Then, only then, you will know what the will of God is. So, the last sermon, sermon from last week, we talk about the purpose of God. We are called according to His, his purpose. Now, this is our partner. What is that purpose of God? I'm going to present myself as a living sacrifice, and then I'm going to renew my mind. Now, let's, let's look at that, this, this, uh, the next the next uh, few verses here. It's very obvious here. He said, why do we need to do all that? He said, why? And in verse 3, he said, because by the grace given me, I said to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, have, we are, though, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, I want you to listen to this. He started to talk about the gifts okay, that God has given us, all of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what Paul is saying is this, the flow of logic here. I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. I renew my mind, okay, so that I may know the will of God, okay, that which is good, perfect, and pleasing. That is not the end in itself. There is a reason why we present ourselves as a living sacrifice and renew our mind. There's a reason. It's for the purpose for the work of service. So we can build each other up. Whether it's prophesy, whether it's giving, we can function in the body. You, you see, there, it's like, I believe in, in this message, if I can title it, it's like, how do we live a significant life? That's the, the big question now, really. And the world, people in the world, 
they push they they in their pursuit they want to live a prominent prominent life. But I believe God. Well, you know, God is not asking us to live a prominent life. He wants us to live a significant life. I might not be prominent in in anything, but I I can be significant before God. You know, so uh, I believe what God is saying is, you know, all His people, He wants them to be significant in what they do. Now, I remember I'm going to give you a story here. I remember I used to work in in a factory. I was just a factory worker, you know, like, and uh, just making tires. And uh, it was then uh, Pacific Dunlop. I was just a laborer. But there is a sense of significance. I'm here for a purpose. And it doesn't matter who I talk to, who I, I, I saw myself as different. And let me, let me say this. Even people around me saw me as different. When they, when they are, even, even some of my bosses, they, they said, there's just something different about you. And, uh, and I believe it because, you know, there, there's a, something, even though I'm just a factory worker, but I didn't see myself as a factory worker. I saw myself as a servant of God. Now, you could be an accountant, you could be a businessman, you could be, uh, could be uh, whatever, a real estate agent, but... <laughs> Whatever you are, wherever you are, you can be prime minister. Within the kingdom of God, God wants to see you yourself beyond what you do in your life, but you see yourself as significant. And that is, you are a contributor to what God is trying to do in this world. That's why some of those contributions is either prophesy or either giving or encouragement. You know why? Because God is building his house called the church. I'm not talking about, when I say church, I'm not talking about organization. I'm talking about people like you and I. If somehow through my life, someone like you, Tuki, it's like you travel from A to B in your, in your journey with God, it's because of me. I think that's significant. Or because I see you you know, I see Chucky travel from A to, to B to C, to, you know, and that journey itself is an encouragement, is a, a faith building to me. It's like, wow, Lord. And you'd be surprised that in my prayer every day, I pray for every one of them in, in, in the list. I say, Lord, I thank you for Chucky and, and Alana. I see the journey. And it's like this existence of, of, uh, of people who are being transformed, you can see before your very eyes. And people around you giving thanks to God because of you, because your life is being transformed. So this is, let me just close with this. You want to live a significant life, living out the purpose of God. But for you to find out that purpose of God, number one, give yourself as a living sacrifice. As a matter of fact, in a, in, in a Paul described that this is your spiritual service. Or uh, another translation, this is your spiritual worship. Now, I looked at that, that, that thing, spiritual worship. Well, the most spiritual thing is by giving yourself. In other words, what Paul is saying is, worship is more than just singing or lifting up your hands. It's the giving of all of us, all of me, to God. 
And he said, in uh, in Greek word actually, it says, this is your spiritual. In English, it, said, it, it is translated spiritual, but the Greek word was logikos. That's where the word logic comes from. In other words, in view of the mercy of God, this is the most makes sense things to do, the most logical decision you can make in your worship to God through worship is this. In other words, by choice, you make this decision. And, uh, and what Paul is saying is, so to begin in the purposes of God, that's why the body of people, when I say the church, I want to see a body of people, us together here, it begins right here in walking in the purpose of God. Hannah leading worship and uh, Abby leading worship. It's like, it's like they're presenting themselves as holy to God. And yeah, they, they've got other things they, have to, they, they do in the world, but in, in doing that, they're encouraging it through their worship. They're encouraging the whole church to worship God. That is powerful. So let's be people who, you know, I, I really for the next few months, we're going to focusing on on even more, more so. And okay, God, this is Diana, our prayers. Like, God, how, how can we actually build God's people? Now we want to focus more on people now, more than ever before. Like, we're going to eye, eye in different people. Okay, God, what about someone like someone like uh, Alana? You know, she's passionate. You know, she, she in prayer, like she she <laughs> like and, and different people responded like you know I I wanna I really wanna get more into prayer. Like all there are different expressions in 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 the church. Pray for one another, and I believe this is where God is calling Member Life. We are going to that point now where we're gonna more, we're gonna release more and more people to take their place in God. So let's just, Hannah, why don't you come here and do, do what your function is, <laughs> leading us in worship. And yeah, this is your part of your sacrifice to God. And let's just worship God. And I love it. One other thing about, 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 uh, Growing people, growing church means growing people. It makes, when you start to encourage people and people become something different to what they were when they first came to the Lord, it makes you a, a bigger person. You want to be big people, significant people, build other people, encourage them. And whether it's helping them practically or, you know, through the uh, spiritual gift, prophesying, uh, giving scriptures, or whatever, like, the, like Paul described here. Encouragement, all those things. So let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you can start praying, guys, while I pray. We just want to be people who build your house. And we say the house is not the organization, not institution, but build your people, your temple. Thank you, Lord.